Today's gospel is a strong one. He is asked the question, will, will there only be a few saved? And it's a question which is very timely. It's a very popular question. It's a question that is debated heavily if you go on the internet, which I don't necessarily recommend, by the way. It is a debate that is certainly not concluded. Are there going to be a lot of people in heaven? Pretty much everybody? Is everybody going to be going to heaven? Or are there only a few people that will make it? And there are, debate, there are in this debate two sides and scriptures that are supporting both. And I'm not going to try to answer that one. That's not where I'm heading with this homily. What I do want to do is pay attention a little bit to the text, though. Jesus doesn't say only a few are saved in this. He says, rather, try your best to enter by the narrow door. Because I tell you, many will try to enter and will not succeed. What is the narrow door? And how do we enter it? What is this narrow door per se? Well, you can start to see what it is when you look at the context. He's speaking to people who are Jewish, people who are the chosen people, therefore. And he's speaking not only to that, to the Jewish people, but he's speaking to those that are practicing and practicing a lot, and kind of at the core. And it's to these people that he's going to drive home a point. And the point is very strong. It's that you will not enter into heaven because of either the country you come from, that much is clear, or your good works, your activity in your religion, that is not the reason why you'll enter into heaven. There is one reason why you'll enter into heaven, and it becomes more clear. He says, through the towns and villages, Jesus went teaching, making his way to Jerusalem. Jesus himself, in this text, is making his way to Jerusalem. And when you hear that in this text, it means he's making his way to the cross. He's climbing to Jerusalem, up the mountain where Jerusalem is. And he is asking us, are we going to follow him? Are we going to follow that narrow door? It's the narrow door of the cross, because it is the cross that saves very often I hear, he is a good person, she's a good person, therefore she must be in heaven. And that's an error. We are not saved because we're good people. We are saved by God and by God's grace. Now, I don't know if all good people will be in heaven. I certainly hope so, you know? I certainly can hope so. But 
It's not the fact that when someone dies, we say they're good people that will save them. You are saved by one thing. Jesus Christ. And it's very important. One thing saves. And that is because God has now become united with our humanity in the person of Jesus Christ. So it's like a door into God. That's why he says literally, I am the door. He quite literally will say that. And that means he is that narrow door that we have to follow. And if we are not true disciples from the interior, no amount of exterior action will cut it. Very often, too, we get satisfied with doing good works. Good works could be good works for other people or good works in the church for God, quote-unquote, but without the heart, without the heart in it. And so it's a, above all preaching to myself, because for priests, this is a big thing, too. Religious, it's a huge thing. It's very important for someone who comes to Mass every day to remember that it's not the action of praying every day that saves me. It's praying from within. It's praying from the heart. It's constant conversion. It's constant renewal. And this is a really important point, especially today in our diocese, when all these changes are taking place. We can't lose focus wherever the direction goes, whatever happens, practically speaking, ourselves or myself and yourself too, we can't forget that God is a jealous God. He wants only one thing in the end, and that is your heart. He will not be satisfied unless he has that. And in every change... It's almost corny or cheesy to say there is an opportunity. But there is truth in that saying. In every change, every challenge, there is an opportunity. And right now, with all the different things going on in the world, with everything going on with the changes of law and the government, with everything going on in the diocese, and with everything going on in your own personal lives, this is an opportunity to come back to that one thing, that one thing which is necessary, and that is faith in Jesus Christ, who is alive. Too often we get stuck in the psychological ramifications or the effects, like, do I feel good inside? Am I really doing great in this church or at this work or in my family? Or I'm not doing great? And we forget that salvation doesn't come from the so-called psychological ramifications. It comes from a life lived, given to others, yes, and, all, and most importantly to God. And now, how do we do that? Now, I don't know. I'm always trying to preach on that, on how. How do we do that? There are many points, and for a mom, you're going to have to discover that as mom. For a dad, you're going to have to discover it as dad. For working in business, it's 
working in business, but in teaching, it's going to be in teaching. In the end, though, it's the same point. I will be judged upon that one thing, discipleship, discipleship, discipleship. And that discipleship, as we read, includes mission. When we heard in that psalm, it says, go out to all the world and tell the good news. And there's something wrong with a society that makes us ashamed to even make a sign of the cross. It's like, you know, my brother and I, we get along very, very well. And he doesn't believe. He's pretty much an atheist. But my brother, whom I love very, very dearly, and we're, he's one of my closer friends, I am what I am, you know? I don't hide it, per se. I could still be a priest around my brother. It's weird when we have to hide who we are, when we can't share it. Something's wrong with a society when there's shame to just be who I am. And if there's shame of the gospel, something's wrong, and that needs to change. A disciple fully living of his offering, his gift to the Lord, needs to let it imbibe his very gestures, needs to let it shine, needs to let it not be covered by a basket, but put up on the stand and shine for all those to see it, that I am happy giving my life to the Lord. Maybe not always psychologically, maybe sometimes I'm troubled by difficulties, you know? But my life has meaning because of God, and I love him. And so, to conclude, uh, a bit of testimony, you know, I could have been a businessman, I could have been a teacher, many of my family are teachers, I could have been married, I could have had a bunch of kids. I chose this life because I love God, and I would choose it again. And it's important. It's important that we come back to that. I chose God. And whatever state you're in, wherever you are in life, that's the choice that's put before us. For me, who chose it once when I was young, I still have to choose it today. I have to convert again. And because of all these things going on in the diocese and going on in the New Zealand, I take it personally as a call to convert, to convert my own life, to reform. I hope you do too. If I could do my life over again, I would do the same, except for I would take away anything that was not good. <laughs> you know? But I would go the same direction. There's no greater joy than that joy that is found in God. And I hope that you can see that. And that your faith, your hope, and your love is renewed so that you might fight to enter the narrow door, which is the cross, which is Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.